Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about Simcha Torah 2022. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 17th of October, 2022, and I am just excited to be with you again this week. We have quite a few different tour portions I'm gonna tell you about because I'm a little confused myself. Maybe uh, the gentleman who actually writes it up for um, our congregation can give me a call and clarify it for me. But I'm honestly a little bit confused just because this particular time of year, we actually restart the tour portion. So we start back at the beginning into Genesis. And in fact, this upcoming tour portion for this Saturday is called Bereshit, which is Genesis. And it's chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 6, verse 8. And then you have the half tour portion, which is Isaiah 42, verse 5, to chapter 43, verse 10. And that Brit Hadashah is John 1, verse 1 through 17. That part, not confusing. However, what we're going to be talking about today is Simcha Torah, also known as Shemini Atzaret. And they, they're not interchangeable. There's some difference of opinion on what you should celebrate, what you shouldn't celebrate. Our congregation, we call it Simcha Torah. I'm not going to lie. It's a little easier for me to say that way, but it's interesting because the gentleman who does the, he writes up for us the different Torah portions that we're going to be reading for the whole year. And God bless him because it is a lot of work and I think we would not even think I know we would be lost without him so thank you so much Ethan for all that you do little shout out to you however I am a little confused simply because the so how it works is it it actually ends the paperwork from last year that he gave us last year actually ends on Tuesday of this week on the 18th so on the paper it says Shemini Atzeret is uh they have a reading just for that, which is the 17th of October, aka today. So if you'd like to have some extra reading, what we have is Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 to chapter 16, verse 17. And then the half tour portion is 1 Kings verse uh, chapter 8, verses 54 to 66. And the Brit Hadashah is Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 32. And then under that, they have Simcha Torah, which is the 18th of August. And they have Numbers chapter 29 to 35 to chapter 30, verse 1. And this, of course, is the paperwork I had from last year. I know I'm hopefully making some sense because I myself am a little confused myself. And then on the paper that they already did for this upcoming whole year, they have Shemini Atzaret, which is the 22nd of October. This is going to be the reading for it. They have Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 18, to chapter 21, verse 9. Then you have the half Torah portion, which is Isaiah chapter 51, verse 12, to chapter 52, verse 12. And the Brit Hadashah is John chapter 14, verse 9 through 20. And then they have Simchat Torah also being read on Saturday, which is Numbers 29, verse 35 to chapter 30, verse 1. Whew! That was a lot to get through. 
Um, I was just trying to, to figure it out and hopefully I made some sense to you. Maybe that, that helps you, especially if you want to do a deep dive into the word of God and seeing what the different, uh, years of the reading have to do with each other. That might be a really good place to start. Now, I don't know if it's because I don't retain knowledge unless it's in musical form or not, but I cannot remember talking about Shemini Atzeret before or even remembering that there was a difference between that and some Kantora. Maybe I did last year. I'll have to go back and listen to my own podcast, I guess. But I, I honestly was very confused by it. And I was like, what in the world is this? So um, I actually saw a post today by Nehemia Gordon, who I've mentioned here on the podcast before. And he writes this. He says, the eighth day of the Sukkot festival is the holiday of Shemini Atzeret, which means eighth day of assembly. Although Shemini Atzeret is not part of Sukkot and therefore the laws of Sukkot do not extend to this day, for example, pilgrimage or dwelling in a booth, work is prohibited. So if you go to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 36, it says, For seven days you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. The eighth day will be a holy convocation to you, and you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. It is a solemn assembly. You shall do no laborious work. And then he also refers to Numbers chapter 29, verse 35. And that says, On the eighth day, there shall be for you an assembly. You are to do no regular work. So, as with all of these different feasts of the Lord that Adonai has commanded us to observe, I don't know that there's one necessarily right way to do it. I know that it can be kind of complicated and difficult because, especially when it seems so vague, (laughs) you're kind of like, what in the world am I supposed to do? So the eighth day of Psalm Assembly, I'm getting this information, by the way, from Jews for Jesus, their website, came to be called Shemini Atzeret. The vagueness of the commandment and the question of the nature of the Psalm Assembly led rabbis to constantly revisit the issue of how we should celebrate Shemini Atzeret. The question of Shemini Atzeret's meaning was particularly pressing in light of the destruction of the Second Temple, since the offering of sacrifices was no longer possible, which God mandated for this eighth day of Psalm Assembly. Shemini Atzeret was distinguished by little other than an added prayer for rain and cessation from work. So I don't know if that clarifies anything for you at all. However, I also found some more information. I'm not even sure. I think it's Messianic word, word light. Um, so what they have to say is, Shemini Atzeret, the eighth day of assembly, is the original Simcha Torah, rejoicing in the Torah. In recent times, Simcha Torah was rabbinically changed the following day and made the date of restarting an annual Torah reading cycle, which our congregation does, and my husband and I, we do do together. The Torah is foundational to the entire Bible. It is the word of God that became flesh. It is the creator's instruction manual. It was known by Adam. On Mount Sinai, it was written in condensed form by Adonai in stone, not to be changed. And that's kind of the importance of celebrating uh, Simcha Torah, at least that we do it as a congregation, on uh, our next, whatever happens to be our next um, Sabbath or Saturday that we uh, come together and we congregate together. 
and it's just a really great time, but it's also a reminder of how important the Torah is. The prophets build upon the foundation of the Torah. They chronicle God's continued dealings with man to teach obedience to his Torah. The Psalms musically put in our hearts a love for God's Torah. In Psalm 119.97, it says, Oh, how I love your Torah. It is my meditation all the day. The apostolic writings explain how the Torah was and will be fulfilled by Yeshua. The redemption pictured by the Passover was fulfilled almost 2,000 years ago by the crucifixion of Yeshua. But Yeshua's return to raise the dead, pictured by the day of trumpeting, is yet to be fulfilled. When Yeshua said that he came to fulfill the Torah and the prophets in Matthew 5.17, he did not immediately fulfill all of the Torah, and he did not abolish any of it. In our day, this verse is vastly misconstrued to mean that he fulfilled all of the Torah at that time. And in so, in so doing, he abolished it, which is contrary to the first part of the verse. In the Torah festivals, we have a most complete gospel from redemption through purifi- purification to glorification. This gospel is presented through sight, sound, taste, aroma, and communal actions. It is given through feasting and fasting and through symbols such as matzah, unleavened bread, wine, shofar, the ram's horn, and lulav, which are plants used during the Feast of Tabernacles. It is given through celebration and singing, and through solemn offerings of animals, grains, and aromatic spices. All of these picture Yeshua's past, present, and future, some now as prophetic pictures, and some now as memorial pictures. Yeshua is our living Torah, and the Torah is foundational to our entire Bible. We carry the Torah scroll as a representation of the unchangeable word of God and as a symbol of our living Messiah. And that's why we celebrate the future fulfillment of the Torah. Now, the Torah scroll is carried around the congregation seven times in a lot of congregations. I know that we carried around. I think we might only do it once. I'm not even sure. But what we do is we allow everyone the opportunity to carry the Torah scroll, which is a really humbling experience. But I think it's also showing your love and care for Yeshua when you're doing that. You're choosing to carry the Torah scroll, which is a representation of Yeshua. And in our case, our Torah scroll actually, uh, we're trying to get fixed right now. Our Torah scroll actually survived the Holocaust. So it's, a, it's an old scroll. And so we have to be very careful with it. So entrusting it to our congregation is an act of faith on our part, but also showing that our congregations, showing our, our, the congregation's love for Yeshua in doing that. Now, according to this article that I'm looking at, it, a lot of people actually do, um, they read a portion of numbers and a portion of psalm is sung and an explanation is given like every time they go around which i thought is a very interesting thing i guess the the prelude they read deuteronomy 16 to uh, 13 to 17 and then they the first circuit they read numbers 29 12 through 16 and then they all sing psalm 1 verse 1 the second circuit they read numbers 29 17 to 19 and then they all sing Psalm 1, verse 2, and so on and so forth. But it's very interesting. Uh, I have not done that. I might have to bring that up to my husband and see if maybe it's something we might want to implement. But I don't know. Um, it just was something that I found interesting. I don't know if we necessarily agree or disagree with that. But 
I don't know about you, but I think it's also a really good way of ending the celebration of Sukkot. For me, Sukkot is bittersweet because I actually really do enjoy being outside in our tents and my husband, you know, would call it glamping because he was in the Marine Corps. So he's happy without even a tent and just laying on the ground. Um, more power to him. That's not my, that's not my uh, jam. However, um, I don't know how you celebrate Sukkot or how you uh, celebrate Simchat Torah, but you know what? As long as your heart's in the right place and that you're trying to be as biblically sound as possible, I'm sure that that Adonai would be pleased with it. I don't want people stressing out about following it to, to the letter. You know, it's like the letter of the law, not the heart of the law. And I think it's important that we not just focus on the letter of the law. So... And I struggle with that myself every single time we have Sukkot. Yet last year was the first time we actually even had quote unquote tents up. Before that, we didn't celebrate it at all. And we have been Messianic believers for at least 12 years now. Just because it wasn't something that we could do, we couldn't afford it. We couldn't, we didn't, we are not, sorry, we are not builders. So even just building a temporary dwelling uh, was not in our skill set. So just feeling so blessed this year that we have, we actually have three three tents right now. Um, one of them is my husband's old Marine two-person tent that my, one of our daughters uh, seemed to thoroughly enjoy sleeping in. But it's it's fun. It's, you know, we want to make it fun for the family. It's not something that you need to, like, drag your family out to, make everybody miserable doing it, because that's not God's heart for his people. He doesn't want us to be miserable. Now, his heart isn't to make us happy either, but it's also, like, you know, and everything give thanks. And it's very hard to teach your children to do that when you are force feeding them to do things that they don't necessarily want to do. We did have one child who did not want to come and sleep, but quite frankly, she's a little obstinate normally anyway. So, and she's a teenager, which, you know, a lot of teenagers, they typically will say no to everything, but it doesn't actually necessarily mean that they mean no. And we chose to tell her, look, everybody else is sleeping outside, so you are going to do that as well. And honestly, she didn't fight us too much on it once she figured out that we were not going to change our minds. And uh, we try to do it in love as much as possible. And I think that's the key too, you know. Uh, you don't want to browbeat your kids into doing these different uh, feasts of the Lord that God's commanded us to do. Because we're we're called and taught to teach our kids diligently. Not to browbeat them and force feed them. And to brainwash them into our way of thinking, we can lead them to Adonai, but they are their own person and they have to choose that direction themselves. And one reason I really do enjoy Sukkot is because we turn off. Oh my, I don't know if you heard that. I, if you didn't know this, I'm actually in my tent right now. This is the last night for uh, Sukkot. And so I'm in my tent right now and I don't know what that animal was, but anyways, you know, I, I do in love, Sukkot, I, I love Sukkot for many reasons, but another reason is, is this, we leave our house, we turn off our TVs, we turn off our Nintendo switches. I know we're Americans. We turn off our, you know, phones at least for a moment. And we have a lovely fire pit in the back of our house. And I might even post some pictures and we even had like cans. I have a gluten allergy, so we do not cook things that are like canned goods. I cannot have in my house because typically they're not gluten-free and or they have other things I'm allergic to. 
So what we do for Sukkot is the kids eat out of cans. So they pick things that they want, like minestrone suit or chicken pot pie, things that they don't normally get to have. And, um, you know, they cook them in the fire. And while we're doing that, we, you know, we sit around the fire and we talk and we laugh and, and, you know, it's just good family time, you know, learning about each other, I guess, on a more, uh, a deeper level, which I think is important. And, and another reason why I feel like this is such a good feast that I think all of us should be celebrating, whether you're a Messianic believer or not. And it's a, you know, to me, it's like, why wouldn't you want to celebrate the creator, be thankful for all the things he's given us and maybe, you know, get to know your family a little bit better than you already do. I still to say you can't do that any other time of the year, but for me, it's a really great excuse to do so versus, you know, having typical teenagers who are, you know, not interested in doing anything that you want to do. So for me, that's definitely the highlight of Sukkot is just being able to spend more time with my family. This year, thankfully, it was actually a little bit cooler. I don't know. I, I was reading about another woman who I think she lives in Michigan. And I'm like, oh, man, uh, it must be pretty chilly when they're doing it. And I can't even imagine. Last year was actually exceptionally hot. We had a box fan in our tent. And even then, it was still hot. This year, it was actually cold. We actually had which I know people up north are going to laugh at me, but it was like, you know, high 40s, which is really cold for North Carolina this time of year. So I was actually really thankful. I had a sleeping bag. I had a comforter over my head. Um, one of the pluses of having a CPAP is it actually keeps your nose warm, which is uh, honestly the best thing for me because if my nose gets too cold, I get a cold. So just thankful for, you know, the many blessings that God has given me, even if it's something like having, you know, sleep apnea, which helps to keep my nose warm during Sukkot. May sound crazy to some people, but that's the way I choose to look at it versus just thinking negatively. And, uh, you know, we've definitely had some, some ups and downs as everybody does, but especially during Sukkot, you know, I couldn't sleep in the air mattress that I have with my husband. We have a full size air mattress, um, in our tent actually. So I know glamping, right? But I can't sleep on it because it just is so uncomfortable to me. So I actually slept on the ground in my sleeping bag. And he slept on the full-size mattress, which is really funny to me because, you know, Marines. But um, that actually seems to have worked better for me this year than it did last year. So I'm just really grateful for this time and for just another reason to glorify God. And I think that that's the culmination of, of Simchat Torah or Shemnai Atzeret. Where, yes, it is just, I mean, really, the Bible says it's a day of rest. So, a.k.a. It's, it's another Shabbat. Like, you're not supposed to do any work. Anyone else going to complain about that? Especially as adults? It's like, oh, shoot, I can't do any work. Yes, because sometimes it can be stressful as a mom. Because it's like, man, I have so many things I really want to get done. However, it's also good to take a rest. I know there are times where I feel like I'm actually sick for a day. Because God's trying to say, you need to slow down. And this is the only way I know to slow you down. And it's not like I'm deathly ill or anything. I just don't feel well. So I have to slow down. And I think that that's really important for us to recognize, you know, that there are testing and trials, but, um, you know, God doesn't mean you ill or harm, but I think sometimes he has to speak in a language that you can personally understand. And for me, I'm just so thankful for his word and for the Bible. And it's a good reminder that I need to get into it more than I already am. Because let's be honest, I'm not in it as much as I should be. I've talked about that before. I have 
major struggles when it comes to reading the word. Um, I actually do better even just singing Hebrew because why it's in song form, right? I just, I really struggle with it. There are so many great historical stories in here and I love them. It's just my flesh that needs to die. And, you know, I need to die to myself like we each do every day and just get in the word because the word is what brings us closer to Adonai and having a better knowledge and understanding of our creator. And so I want to kind of leave you with that this particular week, just understanding how important the Torah is. And if you can, and you do have a congregation, I I hope that you will go and enjoy it. I know that we're really excited this year. We actually bought a mini Torah for the children to carry, which actually works out really well because we'll probably end up having to use the mini Torah while we're getting our big Torah fixed. So I'm just super excited to be able to see the, the, the little children be able to take uh, the opportunity and to be able to be just like the adults, right? And be able to symbolically show their care and love for their Messiah. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. It's the Aaronic benediction. Yivarek Adonai varish mareka Yaher Adonai panavareka vehuneka Yisadonai panavareka vehusimleka now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you all have a blessed week. Remember to keep the Torah in your hearts, the Bible in your hearts, Yeshua in your hearts. And to come together in community and love and just glorify the one who created us. May you have a blessed week. I will hopefully have you all back here next week. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.